Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you, folks. Thank you for the honor of letting us come across your earways, your radio stations, your podcasts, however you listen to us this morning. Thanks for that. You're a great blessing to us, and you encourage us to get out here and do this. And uh, with me, as always, my friend, my co-host, Stephanie Wesco. So, Stephanie, catch us up. Give us our weekly great eight uh, catch-up here. What's going on with the kids? They're all doing well. They're all excited that the school year is closer to being over. And um, I'm so proud of um, different ones of them. They're, I'm proud of all of them, but um, they're all just doing really well yeah. in school. And, um, yeah. So something we mentioned yesterday, we really haven't talked about it. So uh, Stephanie's house. So there's a drain out in front of the house. Somehow it got covered up with snow or whatever. I'm not exactly sure how everything happened, but we do know that Stephanie's downstairs flooded at her house. It's a big area. It's a big living area. It's like a, it's like a third of Stephanie's house. I mean, it's got a laundry room down there. It's their living room. It's their, I guess we'd call it almost like your uh, recreation room for the kids. Yeah. And yeah. Um, they do crafts down there. I mean, it's a big part of the house, big part of schooling, all that. So basically a third of their house got trashed down there and we we actually so tell us about that stephanie so you wake up one morning and your house is flooded is that what happened or yep that's exactly what happened <laughs> but it's you know god's taught me again it's like he reminded me through it all you know it's yeah it's it's not fun to throw to have to gut and throw and fill a massive dumpster um but nobody died yeah we did we weren't having to evacuate. We weren't having to do, um, you know, things that we've had to do in the past. And so, and I'm so thankful. I'm so, so thankful for um, men in our church that showed up. I'm thankful for my sister, for my kids. You know, everybody just worked together. And um, we're still in the process of now starting all the repair work. But it's a house. It wasn't a person dying. It wasn't, you know, something like that. And so... Um, I'm very thankful for those things. There's still so many blessings, um, even in the midst of, I think God just likes me living in construction zones. It seems to, he seems to learn, I learn good lessons when I'm living in construction zones. So, so folks, sadly, there's tens of thousands of dollars worth of damage. So if you go out to Helpful Wounded Spirits Facebook page or praying for Stephanie Wesco, Facebook page. We did put a GoFundMe out there, even though Stephanie wouldn't want me to say anything about it. I'm going to, if you want to give a few bucks, go out there and do that. We want to help Stephanie along. We want to come up alongside of her and uh, just be a blessing to her and the kids and get that place back in shape and do whatever we can to make sure it doesn't flood again and replace it with materials that won't rot out if it floods again. And uh, we don't think it will. Uh, you know, there's a heavy move underfoot, obviously, to make sure it doesn't do that and make sure that drain stays clear. But, you know, folks, you don't get insurance. 
uh, when there's a flood. People just don't, unless you buy flood insurance for like 200 bucks a month for the rest of your life. Stephanie is not in a flood zone. She's on top of a hill. It's a uh, it's a tri-level house, you know, a couple levels above ground and then in the back, a few levels above ground. So it goes yeah. down a big hill and this has never been a problem for her. It just showed up. So keep that in prayer. Something you were saying, Stephanie, go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying, you're right. It, it's, it was a very weird freak thing. And, um, the a hundred percent consensus is that the plugged drain, um, I mean, we had severe yeah. some- flooding so um out front where the water ended up coming in on that wall so anyways but god's he's like i said he's teaching me a lot and when i go down there i just kind of smile yeah and and she's been living there three years and never had wetness before. So not even that. So we're just praying it was that drain and taking some precautions. So it won't happen again and uh, keeping an eye on that drain. So just pray for Stephanie. Yeah. And uh, again, there's, there's an opportunity for you guys to help out. So Stephanie, we got this segment for years. We, you know, lit now, congratulations. We're past two years. So uh, hard to believe as this uh, episode airs, we'll be about two years and two weeks into this podcast. Isn't that crazy? It, it is. Man, it happened overnight. So, uh, and we want to congratulate you guys, the listeners. You've been with us. Our numbers have never been better. You guys are hanging with us. We thank you for that. Uh, you know, not, not only is it our journey getting better from hurt and PTSD and all these things we go through, but it's certainly a journey as we go through this podcast and we learn from each other and uh, help each other along. And uh, so we came, we came up with this thing, you might be a knucklehead if, so people wouldn't be a knucklehead. And then we changed again back. This was something that Pastor Crocker had recommended last time he was on with us. But we, we went back to this point, Stephanie, where we decided that uh, we want to point out the good things. We want to stay on the good side of things for a little while. Uh, so you might be right with God if, and it's your your turn today, Stephanie. So how would you answer that? You might be right with God if. Well, I would say you are definitely um, seeking to be right with God. I'll put it that way. Um, if you take time to read books that encourage, obviously we want to spend time reading God's word. Yeah. But if you, and I don't want to put anyone on a guilt trip. You know, I know there were multiple years where I literally did not have time to read any other books than books to my kids and, um, devotions and you know what I'm saying. Um, but if you're not in that place and you can taking time to read through maybe devotionals or, um, books that encourage you, I know I'm reading, um, a book by Mark Rasmussen. He's out at West coast, but a book on the life of Joseph that he sent me and God's really using it. Um, to encourage me, to challenge me. And I love the life of Joseph. Every time I go to it, um, I'm challenged and encouraged. And so um, just take time. If God gives you, you know, that time, if he gives you a slot where you could um, fill it with something, you know, some form of edification through a Bible study or something that God can use to help, help you grow and encourage you. Yeah, there you go. And, and I got to tell you, uh, that really does help, uh, especially books that, that, you know, take you to a place of Joseph. We, we wrote that great song, God meant it for good. And, uh, you need to send them back that CD on Joseph's life there. And, and, uh, that's certainly a great blessing. And I, I loved, uh, 
Brother Rasmussen. I only met him once, but I've heard him preach several times. I, I really love him, and uh, I'm thankful. I'm sure his book is a great one. So that and and things we say or or do to people with PTSD to help them along, we give them a book. And uh, I think that's where it's at. We give him one of those books on, on Joseph and his life. Because, folks, I'm telling you, if Joseph didn't have PTSD, he certainly was hurting at places. I mean, here's a guy who's, you know, he's just hated by his brethren. He gets thrown in a ditch. They take his jacket away from him. Potiphar's wife takes his jacket away from him. I mean, he's the only guy in the Bible to lose two jackets. Everywhere he goes, he does what's right. He does what's upright in front of God. He doesn't complain. He doesn't say, man, I'm bailing on God. He's He's always about serving God, and I think that's a picture of, excuse me, of where our life should be and how we should be living that. So um, so just give out those books and just be a blessing to other people. It's always great to pass a book forward. We had a pastor years and years ago when we first got saved who would say, pass a book forward. If you've got a great book, read it, send it around your family, and pass it forward. It's only going to get dust on the shelf. And uh and that's certainly, or just buy a book and send it to somebody. That's certainly a great idea. So here we are, Stephanie. We've made it, you know, we're in chapter 14 of the book of Proverbs. I think there's a light at the end of the tunnel for us getting a biblical uh, a biblical view of what narcissists do and say. I think we're getting there. Uh, we're moving right along. And uh, so we're in chapter 14 of the book of Proverbs. For those of you just joining us, we're in verse number three. We're starting there. It says, in the mouth of the foolish is a rod of pride, but the lips of the wise shall preserve them. And uh, boy, you get this idea, you know, whenever a rod's used in the Bible, this automatically comes to my mind. It's like this rod of correction. And, uh, so, you know, it's talking about in the food, in the, you know, in the mouth of this fool, he's got this rod of correction. That's what's coming to my mind. I may be messed up there. Uh, it's almost sounded like he's his own worst enemy. Uh, you know, it's a real bad place to be. And, uh, uh, you know, who's going to tolerate that. But then again, giving us that other side, Stephanie, that side, as you talked about, it went well with 14 two. Uh, talking about the, you know, all of a sudden the lips of the wise preserve them, bring them to a good place, make them godly. I mean, what are you thinking as you're, as you're looking at verse number three? Well, I think, you know, um, we read, there's another verse in Proverbs and I don't have the reference in front of me, but, um, that says that pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Yeah. Your words are going to, if they're not governed by God, your words all by themselves can bring you to destruction um, where pride is your governing factor. And that's a very sobering thing because um, we can be blind to that. So just I think that's it's very important to constantly before we say something, think and say, is this going to is this going to be something that's wise or foolish? Is this something that's filled with pride? Or is God going to receive glory? Because if it's about God receiving glory, it won't be filled with pride. And so, um, the, you know, this is just, it's again, we come back to the importance of our words and, yeah. the, and the important. But understanding, when I, I love the part that says, the lips of the wise shall preserve them. And multiple times throughout scripture, where it talks about the tongue, the mouth, um, all of those, I think of, Psalm 1914, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy yeah. sight, O Lord. And so that, that's this idea. And, and I think of a verse um, in, in Proverbs that we're going to come to, Proverbs 15, 1, and it says, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. And 
that idea of having a soft answer, that idea of not um, not being one who's seeking to stir up strife. And I'm not saying, you know, we have to deal with things, but I'm saying in terms of your mouth's not filled with pride. If you're having to deal with something, it's not governed by pride. Um, if you're, you know, if you're dealing with an angry person where your response to them is not governed by pride, I don't think a soft answer means um, that you never have to confront things, but I think a soft answer means it's governed by the grace, the humility that the Lord Jesus laid in his words. And so being the one who responds quietly, if you're being yelled at, that you're the one that responds with grace and that when people hear you speak, they don't see that brash, brazen sandpaper like, oh, that is just like hands on a chalkboard kind of talk that you're, that, you know, that your words are governed with truth and grace. And I think that is what leads, you know, when we think of the word preserve, I think of preservation and we're told in the New Testament that our speech be always with grace seasoned with salt. And if your words are seasoned with salt, they will preserve you. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think exactly exactly what you're saying, and and I think it's Proverbs uh, eighteen sixteen eighteen. I, I think if we were to go over and look, and and what you were talking about, pride cometh before destruction, and a haughty spirit, having that spirit of, you know, haughty almost to me is an arrogant, you know, cocky, out there, terrible, and, and and folks, you know, in the midst of this life of hurt and trials and all these things we go through, it's that person, like Stephanie's saying, who can take a breath. It's that person who answers quietly, as Stephanie was saying. It's that person, um, you know, that that preserves their testimony with God and that preserves their life with God. I mean, it's, you know, what do you want out of life? You got to stop. And when you look at a verse like this, you got to say, you know, what do I want? What am I getting out of life with my language, with my attitude, with my, uh, you know, going out there? What do I, what do I get? And I think the Bible's pretty clear here that it's either between this rod beating you up that's in your mouth and you're doing it to yourself. Um, you know, you know, we find ourselves always striking ourselves when we're in that attitude where we're full or those people who take a breath and let their words be edifying of God, of the spirit, making a difference in people's life. And, you know, going back to what Stephanie said just yesterday, a couple verses ago, uh, talking about kindness and, you know, sprinkle some kindness in there and some godliness and Boy, it makes all the difference in the world. And and then we go to uh, verse number four. It says, where no oxen are. Boy, I saw, there's a blue ox in the city of Bemidji, Stephanie. I'm telling you, they got Paul Bunyan out there who's like 20. I don't know if you saw it in one of my Facebook pictures, but he's like 24 feet tall. And then they have this blue oxen. To hang. He's bigger than the oxen. And they got this blue oxen out there. So it's Paul Bunyan and the blue ox right there at the first city of the Mississippi. Mississippi starts up, up a little ways, but uh, Mississippi River. And uh, I'm telling you, man, it says where no, where no oxen are, uh, the crib is clean, but much increases by the strength of the ox. So, you know, you got to have ox or you're not plowing. Uh, you know, there's an idea there that uh, there's no work being accomplished. So you got to have the ox out. You got to have them hooked up. And um, it, so I think this verse, Stephanie, and, and uh, help us with this, but I think it's talking about you're either working or you're not. You're either bringing the oxen out, feeding the oxen, taking care of the oxen, hooking up the plows, 
Oh, you just get nothing done. Well, yeah, I, I, I mean, there's probably, I don't, I am not a theologian, but the way God has used this verse in my life quite, um, quite honestly is as a rebuke because I went through a stage when I first got married and first started having kids, um, that I was going to have a perfect, perfectly clean house. And my boys, you know, were only allowed to play in certain areas and yeah. It was <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. And I look back with a lot of regrets because my focus was on having a clean crib. Mm. My focus was on, I wanted the oxen. Okay. I wanted children. I wanted that blessing of Psalm 127, but I wanted that clean crib where it was like, no kids were there. And not that I'm still, okay. You can ask my kids. I'm still much, very much. We have to keep things as neat and as or and in order as we can. But God has taught me so much. This the concept of I don't want my children to look back and what they remember is a mom freaking out because muddy shoes came through the house. I want them to remember a mom who loved having her children, who loved having them with the messes, who loved having them with the bugs and the frogs and the toads and the lizards and even dog poop sometimes. And that that's all a part of life because that's where strength comes because our children are our strength. They are our gifts from God. But if we make them feel like they're a problem, like they're causing us to not have our perfect clean crib, um, what value are we giving them? And so that's personally how God has used this verse in my life and um, this was years ago that he brought me to that point of, and I'm very thankful for a lady that I knew at that point in life. And I was struggling with all of this. And yes, there were a lot of other factors that factored into that as far as outside pressures to have a perfect, perfect image home that weren't from God. But all that to say, this lady told me she's in Stephanie. She's like, every child you have is another gift and you have to choose what's more important to you a perfect house for your children because you cannot have both. And I, I'll never forget her saying that to me just sweetly and kindly and, and as a wise older woman who had had 12 kids. And God used that in my life along with this verse to bring me to that point of it's okay. It's okay if things aren't always perfect. It's okay if we're always cleaning up a room. That's okay because I'd rather have the strength and the blessing yeah. Yeah. And, and that's exactly right. And, that, and that's a great expository on this verse. I mean, when you bring out the ox to plow, it leaves things a little bit messy, but you're better off with it. You know, mm -hmm. you're better off making those furrows and putting those seeds in and doing those things in life. So we can't have this sterile septic environment in our lives. You know, it just, sometimes things are going to get a little messy, but we stay on top of it to keep orderly and, and to keep things right. And, but we need that ox for increase. We, sometimes we mess things up. We need the increase. We need to keep moving. We, we need to keep adding to, and, um, and I, boy, imagine plowing with an ox in my life, you know, so I was born, you know, in an age, obviously with the rest of you listening to us where we have machines. And in most cases, I mean, you can go to a place where there's Amish folks or uh, Mennonites and stuff that may be using oxen plows. But in most cases, you see a half million dollar John Deere out there 
going along plowing things up. But, you know, a couple things you learn about that plowing, a couple things uh, that you that you know is exactly what Stephanie says. Man, you can have things clean, but you're not growing anything. You can have things clean, but you're not planting anything. You can have things clean, but you're not plowing anything. And, boy, God wants us to keep moving. And, and Stephanie, I think we can squeeze in verse 5 here. I think this is one of these times where we actually can squeeze in three verses. And it says, a faithful witness will not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. So here it's, it's, it's given us a couple examples that are real simple and straightforward, you know. Uh, a faithful witness tells the truth. I mean, it's the bottom line. Uh, they're not going to lie. And a false witness will utter lies. So, so God's given us this comparison on people. So are you faithful? Are you someone who's going to tell the truth in all instances? I think omission sometimes, Stephanie, help me with this. I think omission sometimes is lying too. I mean, what is this verse telling you? Well, this verse brings to mind a very vivid um, thing that happened in my own life where I was, it was demanded of me. Well, actually I had spoken the truth and, um, and then it was, I was rebuked for speaking the truth and point blank told I was supposed to, okay, in that case, love covers a multitude of sins. So in other words, you lie to love. And um, at that point, my, my then husband Charles, he's no longer my husband, but I remember him saying, Stephanie will lie for no man. Yeah. And I'm not bragging on myself by, by that. I'm just saying that's, that's God's God used my parents to ingrain that in me as a child Yeah, being of any kind is never okay. And you can lie in your words. You can lie in your lifestyle. You can lie in every realm of life that you choose to lie in, but God sees it and a true faithful person will not lie. And then, but it says a false witness will utter lies. In other words, I don't think that just means once. I think when, when you see a faithful witness, these are, this is like what defines you. You are known as a faithful witness or you are known as a false witness. And I know people that one of the, when I, when they come to mind, a liar is one of the first thing, first ways I would describe them because it is a part of their lifestyle. And oh, to that is such a scary place to be because we know um, God says in Proverbs, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. In other words, they are something God hates above all else. And yeah. so we should too. So yeah, my challenge as I, what God challenges me is, be a faithful witness, be someone who is truthful, you know, in everything by God's grace. Okay. Our, again, our flesh will lie. (laughs) And so it's that only God can do through us, but to make that, make that a choice by faith that by, by God's grace, I will be a person of truth. There you go. Of honor. And and it's godliness. It's, it's, you know, no matter what happens, it it, it really comes down to this straight foot. This is such a straightforward statement. That faithful people, they don't lie, but, but, you know, these false witnesses, you know, it seems like they lie on a daily basis. They lie to fit things in or they omit things. They don't tell people certain parts of the story. They'll say, boy, you know, Stephanie said this and they don't come out and say, well, she also said this to further explain it. And, and, and so we need to be very careful, brethren, no matter what our lot in life are, no matter what our circumstances, it's a godly place to be when we're telling the truth. It's a godly place to be when we, uh, when we put 
uh, truth ahead of our convenience or truth ahead of the outcome. God will take truth and make it such a place for us and make mm. it such a big part of our lives. God always used truth. Uh, always uses truth. He always used truth tellers to for his glory. And uh, so that's what it's all about. So we use it. Uh, we trust God's word. We trust this verse. And, and folks, I'll tell you, I think verse five is here for all of us today. It's so easy sometimes just to blow things off or put a little lie out there. But it's so awesome when we walk with God. It's so awesome. Well, again, we appreciate you folks. We love every one of you. In just a minute, Brother Eric is going to go ahead. He's going to take a couple minutes of telling you everything you need to know to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Make sure you listen to every word. We sure want to spend time with each and every one of you in heaven. May God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.